0: I got this. Okay. Okay? Okay. Okay. Like now? Yeah. All right. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Whitewood Nerds, the only podcast that didn't prepare properly and now has to do like three or four takes of this bit.
1: It's called winging It. I
0: oh, am. Yeah. My name is Toby DePaul. I'm joined by producer Kaya. Hi. For a little while.
1: I'm, I'm the pop-up appearance. Yeah.
0: Um, now, this is a character you know, of course. I do. Yeah, um, the comic store owner who lives in our town, um... We we have had Sean on before. Yeah, yeah. In 34th Street. Yeah, this was the old store. Um, he was, as I was, like, a budding person, he was, like, my Jedi Master to my, um, Obi-Wan in the first movie. You're a Padawan. Yeah, there it is. I got it. I figured it out. Um... And he knew I had certain tastes for B-grade grindhouse, you know, the, the fan service that those genres usually entail. So, he um he came to me one day while I was essentially graffiti tagging with the markers he provides. Um, yeah. So he comes over and goes, "You like all those things?" and I say, "I like all those things." And he hands me—I'm pretty sure it was issue 15 of Zombie Tramp—and he was right. I did like these things. Um, I went back and listened to all the other ones. I did all the things. Um, I, it was pretty much a uh, from there on, that first time. yeah. And it's then that's part of the reason why we haven't spoke about it on this podcast because it's one of those top tier. I don't, yeah, it's one of those ones where we are just not good enough to really give it the the recognition it deserves. So, uh, miraculously, this week, we did something a little special for Janie Bell, the zombie tramp. Um, we have interviewed her godfather, her Stanley, her creator, uh, Dan Mendoza. Um, and when he says we he means he Yeah, I did it on a work day. So some of us have jobs. real adult jobs. Yeah. Um so this episode will be that something something special to make. Your Halloween spook go a little smoother. Yeah, for our nice Halloween special. Oh yeah <laughs> every October we do spooky things, I forgot to mention.
1: <laughs> and Winging first, it.
0: what's spookier than a zombie train? A zombie plus something else is always the best kind of zombie, and this has that in space. So we have witches and magic and, vo- and voodoo, the best kind of magic. So, um, feel free to cut it to the interview right there. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I'm joined by Dan uh, from um, from the likes of Zombie Tramp and Still Ill Princess. Um. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hi. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, like I said, I have not done an interview since like grade school, so I'm a little bit, uh I would say, rusty.
1: <laughs> I've never interviewed anybody.
0: So <laughs> well, you're, you're doing better than me. Um, <laughs> we'll start simple. Uh, what what was the inspiration for Janie Bell in the first place for you?
1: Um. It was just like um I was just really into um uh slasher films and like nineteen seventies exploitation movies and stuff.
0: Awesome, awesome. Do you have any favorites off the top of your head?
1: Of of exploitation movies? Yeah. Uh exploitation movies. I, I like I love Pam Greer movies. Um I like the whole black exploitation scene. Um um like uh coffee coffee is one of the best pam Greer movies um yeah. there's like you know the, like the old stuff like there's like switchblade sisters and and like lots of just like kind of corny stuff kitten with a whip um i my all-time favorite movie is um of that era is um faster pussycat kill kill oh hell
0: yeah uh, i love that movie it's,
1: it's, it's, and like that's like the i i'm really i really like russ meyer russ meyer movies are just Like, well, that movie, that movie and motorcycle are his two best movies. The rest are just, you know, just a bunch of bouncy boobs and shit. But like, but, uh, but yeah, those, those are awesome. And then, uh, slasher films, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a big Jason fan and stuff like that. So, you know, when I, when I came up with, uh, zombie tramp, I was just kind of like, it'd be cool. There, you know, there are no, there are no famous, uh, slasher movie characters that are female.
0: Yeah, you're right. When I was thinking so that's, about it, yeah. what
1: if you got you got like carry? Yeah, but it's not a slasher film really. You know, that's slasher films are, are like yeah, they're like serial, do you know where it's it, there's uh you know there's multiple um episodes of them, you know, but yeah, there never has been one. You know, now we got the new Hel- we got the new Hellraiser now um that uh that just came out where they made her a female and it's it's pretty good, but it's it's not it's still not um, what I could, what I wanted to do was you know I wanted like a kind of slasher film feel, feel but I wanted the character to be like sexy you know hmm. so but the the Hellraiser oh, movie is definitely not sexy.
0: <laughs> well, one of the things you've also added is a bit of a personality to it as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um. Okay. And what about the the look? Is that based on? Like Vala, <laughs> same as you brought up fossa pussy cat.
1: Oh no, no, I I just <laughs> I don't even know how it came up with how she looks. Um, I I I really like I like girls with black hair. Um, you know I draw how I draw, but like yeah, I just wanted I just had this idea that because before I drew her as a human, I drew her as a zombie, so I kept drawing all these zombie pictures, and I just thought it. W- I just like you know like the movie The Ring and The Grudge. You know when the when the The horror character's hairs in front of their face. Mm. So I would constantly be drawing that. So it just came to this thing where she always has hair over one
0: eye. Does the, at any point in the grudge or the ring, do they crawl out of the hair?
1: Um, the grudge does a lot of hair stuff. Yeah.
0: Because so, uh, once Jenny starts, like, using the hair like a portal, that's one of my favorites, it's so cool.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's her thing, man, is the hair, man, like, yeah, going in and out of her hair, like, so, like portals, and hiding in the shadows with her hair, and grabbing people with her hair, I, I just, I don't know, I got all that from, like, The Grudge and stuff, I think this is really cool, it's a creepy thing to do.
0: Yeah, big rocks I like it. Um, yeah. As for Zombie Tramp, like, the book... One thing I always mm-hmm. wonder is, like, how, how much do you plan ahead when you're
1: writing that sort of stuff? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> don't. I don't plan, I don't plan at all. I, I think about, I constantly, I'm thinking about storyline all the time in my head, and it's, it's, um, every story is kind of built in my head for, like, months before mm-hmm. I sit down and write it, um, but, you know, once, once I, I sit down and write it, it doesn't always turn out
0: exactly how I thought it would.
1: Um, so yeah. as I start writing it, it takes, it kind of takes a life of its own. So I just kind of go with it.
0: Yeah. I, I always wonder about what things are purposely callbacks or what is just something like you've picked out from previous stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I can bring that back around.
1: Yeah. I, um, like, uh, the script that I just wrote right now, um, for the next uh, Zombie Tramp Kickstarter I'm doing, it mm-hmm. um, it kind of it ended up bringing back a character that I, I didn't think was gonna come back right away. So it, it's kind of it surprised me, <laughs> and I'm Are the you one you allowed that to it. give away who <laughs> it is. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, because in the last pretty much the last three or four days, I frantically read like the entire Janie Bell arc. Start to prepare. Hell yeah! I just, I I just want to know what happens to Zola at a certain point. You know?
1: Oh, I know. Because yeah, that's what. Because yeah, she always kind of yeah. She ended up just like being just left, left basically in hell. You know, and like, Mm. you know. So yeah, I I totally. I want to. I want to address that because she's such a good character. You know, I don't want to just leave her hanging.
0: Well,
1: where did where did the inspiration for her come from? Zula, um, I wasn't, I didn't really think about her too much when I made her. I just, I just said, oh, there's, you know, she should have, you know, Janie Bell should have kind of like a, a mother figure that, that leads her on her path, you know. And then, you know, I wanted it. I wanted, I wanted my, you know, once I knew I was doing a zombie book, I, I, I wanted to, um, I didn't want to do that stuff where, you know, it's a virus. Like every single zombie genre is like. Oh, there's some virus and shit. So I was just like, you know, let's bring it back to like the old, you know, Italian horror movie uh, zombie voodoo. stuff. Yeah. You know, World, where it's just yeah. voodoo. It's just voodoo and it's just magic. So I was like, well, I got to create this character, this voodoo, this voodoo uh, character. So, you know, I, I kind of made her like, um, not really thinking about her design too much. It was almost kind of generic in a way, but, um, but yeah, she started to take a life of her own in a, Started to have a better personality as time went on.
0: Yeah, she really did. I like, I like all of it. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, that, that's another thing I wonder is, like, between her and Monday going back and forth with their, like, alignments and stuff, it always came off really natural, like, when you read reading oh.
1: it. Oh, yeah. You mean morning?
0: Hmm. Oh God damn it! Yes,
1: morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like morning a lot, man. Um, yeah, me too. Like when I when I made her for this for volume two, um, I was just like, man, this character is just really really cool because I liked I kind of got the idea from what you know that the horror movie Orphan. Yeah. It was a little bit of that, and then um um that movie Let the Right One In that they remade into an English version that was called let me in. And it was about this, this vampire kid. Um, but there was a, there was a line in let me in where this kid asks um, how old she is. And she says, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm 12. And then she goes, but I've been 12 for a really long time. You know what I mean? So yeah. and that's, so that's, that's, that's came around the time when I was creating uh morning so that's why i was like what if we have this little girl that's like 200 years old and, and all that and stuff but yeah, she her arc yeah. is her full arc is just awesome man yeah I just, um, I just i really liked it and when when she when she did die finally um yeah she went out she went out almost heroically like sacrificing herself for the good of everything else and
0: she did yeah like steamrolling through the whole series the way i did i appreciated morning like a lot more than i normally do like just yeah to watch that arc and to see it go out with such a bang you know
1: Yeah, morning morning was such a a great character i don't i kind of like i don't think i'll ever bring her back i think it i think it was just it was just perfect like there's no reason to bring her back like
0: no no i agree with that you don't wanna you, you don't wanna take it away you know
1: yeah but yeah. who knows <laughs> one day there might be a big demand to bring her back, you know, because it's like because uh, um, because now that I got the rights back to the to the comic book and everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I've been doing I've been doing my my books on Kickstarter and basically abandoned the whole comic book store kind of uh, feel where people, you know, people buy independent books so much differently now. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like I'm getting, I'm getting new, new readers. I'm getting lots of new readers that have never read the old stuff. Really? So that that's, so I'm always kind of considering that when I, when I make the stories now. And sometimes it gets kind of complicated because I'm like, I have to address things like in flashbacks because,
0: yeah.
1: you know, for, for the people who haven't, have never read the original, original run. So.
0: Yeah, okay. I always appreciate those, um, like the classic paragraph of just whatever the story arc is in like old DC <laughs> comics.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I, 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 that happens a lot in this, in this issue that that I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna do the next issue in November, like November 18th. I wanna launch it on Kickstarter. Today. Yeah,
0: great. And, I was gonna ask a... what your plans are now that um, Cannibal Kitty Four is all finished up on the Kickstarter. Yes.
1: Yeah, as soon as that's done, because I I wanna do I wanna do uh uh four zombie tramp books a year. Yeah, okay. I can live. With so that. so it's so it's quarterly, you know, so it's basically she's coming out quarterly. Um nice. so this one is fifty eight and then that that's fin- that's the last one for the year. But uh, now that sugar pop's done, I have an open slot to do another zombie tramp book. So yeah. um so next year will be around January. We'll do Sad Girl six and then we'll do a zombie tramp and then we'll do a cannibal kitty. Then we'll do a zombie tramp. You know what I mean? So they kind of uh, leapfrog like that. Yeah. But, um, but the, the, the end of the year book next year is a uh, zombie tramp versus Lady Death, I, which is, yeah.
0: I'm in the process of moving like the spare room of my house into the library. I'm, I've sort of. Uh, ran out of book shelf room in one room so i migrated <laughs> uh, and i had the the little flyer in between a bunch of old books of the of the lady death crossover book, oh i was, should ask about that
1: yeah yeah it's um uh a well, long time ago um probably like six or seven years ago um um uh, me and brian Polito created lady death we kind of started this kind of kinship um where we you know we started talking to each other more and more because i had done a cover for him and he started to get to get to know me you know and and started to see like you know what kind of what kind of books i make in my in my fan base and all that stuff and and i was like hey i i would really like to do a crossover book and you know and he was like yeah that sounds great you know but um but then um It became a little complicated because of the publisher that i was with at the time so as as soon as i got the rights back to zombie tramp uh Polito called me on the phone and he's like you you still want to do that crossover and i was like yeah so so yeah that's what's going to go down next year
0: oh yeah oh i don't want to show my hand too much but that is the first lady death issue i've ever read is your variant cover
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Well, you you brought up the old publisher, and after we mentioned Morning, my next question was going to be what it was like making the jump, because those first two volumes are, uh, like sort of self-published at first, were they not?
1: Yeah, the first volume, the first volume and a half were were self-published. Um, and then, um, for the second volume, I wasn't, I wasn't done. I think I had done two issues of the four, uh, when we signed with, uh, that publisher. And, but the contract, the contract at that time was just a contract, a creator contract where, where I still, I still had to fund everything. I still paid everything out of pocket to get the book done. And, and they were just the ones that, that, uh, put it on in the store shelves for me. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so after that, um, they're like, man, this guy has volume one and volume two that sells really well, you know, so then they they changed the contract to a new contract where we would do a monthly series and they would they would pay for all the all the funding for the artist and the writing and the coloring and all that's in the printing and all that stuff, you know. So. So, yeah, that that was a completely different contract. So it's like. So I, I, I did for my 13 and 13 year anniversary of creating zombie tramp. I did, I re-released volume one. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that for volume two as well.
0: Is that Uh, the origins one you made?
1: Yeah. The origins ones. Yeah. I re-released it as a 13 year anniversary uh, book, but yeah, I'm going to do that for volume two also. The whole, the whole morning run. Um, so, but that's, but that's about it. Like, you know, I can't because of, the other contract that was made like i can't do anything with the other volumes that came out yeah you know but um but yeah i'm definitely for the next kickstarter i'm gonna offer volume two as a 13-year anniversary which is which is fun because i i have to go through all my old sketchbooks and find sketches of mourning and, and thumbnails and script writing and all kinds of stuff and i put it as extras in the back of the book yeah
0: awesome that must be fun to Go through notepads
1: that I like full of like notes for podcasts. Yeah, you actually yeah. See some cool <laughs> in there. Oh yeah, so I go through it and then, but when I go through it, I'm just like, all oh, these drawings are awful. But um, you know, because you're constantly drawing, you're just constantly getting better. So you you see your old stuff and you're like, oh,
0: but, yeah. Um, well, what was it like switching to doing the monthlies and having to work with? other writers and artists Was there um, much it was pushback or control problems or
1: yeah it was hard at first because i was i was
0: uh,
1: a control freak when this all started i was i was just like i would send stuff back because her eyes weren't big enough you know what i mean things like that hmm. you know then uh after a while it was just all it was just i started to calm down a lot you know because i started to accept that you know, people have different styles, you know, and all this other stuff. And I started to get a little bit more laid back about it. But, um, but there was a, there was a lot of stuff where I, I wasn't, you know, just, just working with uh, a publisher and then there's an editor and there's all these people. It it turns into like a, like there's too many cooks in the kitchen kind of feel where you just kind of miss, you miss the days when it was just you by yourself, just making books for fun and and no one can tell you, you that you can't do something, you know. So yeah.
0: it, it turns into a job at that point, I suppose.
1: Yeah, you know, but it was a, it's fun, you know. It was, it was fun doing that monthly series, but yeah, it was always a grind, you know, trying yeah. to get everything done every month. We would barely make the deadlines every
0: month. You know. Well, um, the the way I wrote that question down was, um, her decision was to give Jenny Bella cramps t shirt.
1: Oh, that wasn't mine at all. Uh, for that <laughs> issue. And that's a that's an important issue too, because that's when that's when Janie loses loses her Necronomicon book for a little bit, and then that's when yeah. it gets put up on the internet and then that's when we started seeing these um digital witches. You know, they still want to the, build... We
0: don't see it right away, and that's what it really impressed me, is like yeah, really like the only other stuff I really read is like mostly I'm mostly a DC comics guy. Okay. And, um, if they do a setup like that, that's the next issue. Yeah. But you like let it sit and simmer, like, it didn't feel like a, like, a, oh, you gotta read the next book to see what this is. It, it feels so natural. Like the pacing on it's very, really good.
1: Yeah. It was just like we, we went back to it like, at, mm. like issues later. You know what I mean? We're just kind of like, you know, this is what, this is what could happen, but we got other, we got, you know, I got other ideas I want to do still. So I, I, you know, I just let it sit there, you know, and then when it was time, I went back to it to you know, to show that, you know, those pages that were uploaded to the internet got turned into a, a witch app where people could cast spells with their phones, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it took, I let it sit there for a while, definitely.
0: Yeah. It makes for a big payoff, I think.
1: Thanks. All
0: right, I don't want to
1: just like run through the books and be like these are some cool things you've done. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool cuz I don't it's sometimes like I, I started going through a lot of the old books um mm-hmm. just to see if there's any like plot holes that I didn't cover, that I didn't finish off yet, you know. Yeah, but you it's it's, it's Yeah, it's funny reading reading some of these books because I'm I read the dialogue and stuff and I'm like man, I don't remember writing any of this. <laughs> you know it's crazy well
0: speaking of dialogue where did the catchphrase mother bitch come from
1: um it's funny uh, I used to work for the electric company in California
0: yeah
1: Um, so I worked we worked underground like uh, putting transformers and running cable underground for people's electricity it was like it was like this dangerous ass job that I did every day hmm. so I would do that and then come home and work on comic books, you know, so I, I, I would never sleep basically. I'm just constantly working, but, um, but it's, it's, it's one of the, one of the guys at work, like was, he would, he told some story about when he was a bartender and, and like, it was like in this, this, um, it's kind of like ghetto area or whatever. And, and how people, a lot of people would, would say cuss words weird and, and say, and say them all just, you know, just like like cuss words that shouldn't go together that just sound like weird and stuff and we would he would joke about it all the time but one of the one of the things was was mother bitch and I thought that shit was funny.
0: That rules. Yeah. Yeah. I was always curious if there's a like coming from like a natural place or if that's like a censorship thing.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was just totally like this this guy at work that would always say mother bitch and I was like that shit's funny, man. Let me do that. That is good. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff, um, from when I worked for an electric company where, um, I based a lot of characters, names and personalities, uh, from because it was, it was a colorful bunch, man. It was, you know, these rugged, these rugged guys that are just, you know, just totally alpha male. And, you know, like, you know, it's just, it's just funny, man.
0: Um. Speaking about the censorship, was there much pushback in some of the things you were doing, or were actually um, casual about it?
1: After at, at first a little bit, but um, but once once the the, the, the publishers were really comfortable with anything I did, I, I they never really told me I couldn't do something like as far as uh, how how far I pushed the envelope, um, so that was that was really cool. I really liked that um about them that was really great but um yeah but that that was yeah i I don't think that could have ever happened with another publisher because this publisher was yeah this publisher was was so kind of like such a small company that you know that if 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 i'm making if i'm making most of their sales you know that's going in their pocket they're gonna they're gonna let me do what I want, you know, just because, you know, it, it doesn't matter as long as I'm putting money in their pockets. So.
0: Oh, that's good, cause I was wondering that. Um, I, I work in industrial stuff myself now, and um, oh, okay. as I'm as I'm reading through it on my lunch break, I flick a page and it's just just that um, Tyron Fisk hanging dong, right? <laughs> like it's a full page of <laughs> Oh my god.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was the funniest shit. Is that when I was like. Because I drew that issue and I was like, dude, I'm gonna do full frontal male nudity. And they're just like, and I didn't tell them, and I just turned it in.
0: I've read some horror books in my time, but I've never had a jump scare like that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't tell them anything, and then they're just like, so this is what we're doing now. You're doing full frontal nudity. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing full frontal male nudity, man. I go, I go, why not? I go. We've been showing. We've been showing all this female nudity, man. Why can't we hook it? Hook it up and show some male, male nudity. So, so uh, yeah. It was. It wasn't. I, I wasn't. Uh, they didn't give me any shit for it. It was just kind of like. Um, they just. They thought it was funny. You know what I mean. So that's cool. Um. Yeah. You.
0: You wrote that issue. Um. I found a lot of like the really. Like the dark or the angriest ones didn't have a co-written credit on them. Really? Yeah, um, I think of this one, I think of um What Happens to Chuck and Sissy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's that's a hard one.
0: Cool one. That might have been like the second yeah. issue I read. <laughs> Um,
1: oh, yeah, that was that's a lot of a lot of it was um, that issue 13 issue 13 yeah. is like the issue that people always talk about because it was so fucked up man. there was nothing funny about it. Like oh, it, it hits, was just it
0: it's like a brick that thing. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's just it's just the that, most. But... Yeah, it's just like the mess, most messed up issue, you know what I mean? Where she she goes face to face with, you know, this guy that raped her friend and caused her to kill herself and all I that noticed shit. And it that was just,
0: too. She went a lot harder on the. On her friend's rapist than her own in the prison
1: yeah yeah big time i like it's, that detail. And, uh,
0: the, the prison stuff was you as well i think
1: yeah i did all i wrote all the prison stuff too and that mm. one that one was messed up just because of of her dad like you know what i mean like she did all that she did everything she did to get her dad out of there and when he finally saw her he was you know he just he wanted nothing to do with her because she was a That's monster quick and, too. like it is. yeah, yeah and then yeah. And she just, she just didn't even want to talk about it. She's just like, fuck it. He's, he's fucking gone.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. You feel bad because the dad's a sweetheart. He looks like the Pringles, man. He's great.
1: <laughs> it's funny because that, the way the dad looks, um, you know, he's like a bald head and he's got this mustache and everything like that is how he's portrayed, or whatever. But like, uh, when I, when I met, uh, Nightmare Lynch, um, uh, like she, she, She didn't read Zombie Tramp, but she knew the character. But she started read as she started reading it and stuff like that. And like you know, we were just kind of talking here and there. But she was just like, there were so many similarities. Like her dad looks exactly like Jamie's dad. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was just all these little things like that, you know. And it was it was it was pretty cool.
0: That's adorable. That's gonna stress you out though, right? Like what's that? Having a love interest go through all of like your
1: You'll be like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. It's it's uh, but once once they they as soon as they see it, you know like Nightmare as soon as she saw my art and stuff like mm-hmm. like on Instagram and things like that she was, you know it's it's like stuff that would normally offend some people but she thought it was great so it it was I knew that it would be fine if she read my stuff she wouldn't be bothered by it. So. <laughs> yeah um yeah you wrote all the
0: all the dark sort of main ones were you like opposed to some of the more comedic elements after a while or
1: um yeah some of the stuff that i didn't write um it was kind of like um it was just it i didn't mind it being co- having some comedy elements but it's um other than a lot of times it just didn't feel it didn't feel like Janie bell yeah. Um, when I, when I read it back to myself, I was like, this, this, this seems kind of off, you know what I mean? It's just, this isn't her, you know? Um, but it's, it, it's maybe because when, when I write Janie Bell, I could, I could hear everything she says as I write it, you know what I mean? So when, when I don't write the story and I look at it, I'm just like, oh, there's something off about it, you know, like, like the whole one with, um, where she goes and she does that underground film. Like fighting cults, whatever, where they're like they're like in like a like a cage match, and they have these like zombie uh trolla girls and all these things, and I'm just like I'm not really into it, but but yeah, I didn't write it, so. (laughs)
0: Well, I could go sort of two ways here. Um, I see that that sort of underground fight club cult logo pop up frequently throughout the rest of the run. I wondered if that was ever planned on getting used again or not.
1: Oh, um, we did with, the um, the, the chicken chicas, like the, the chicken place. Hmm. Um, we had that popped up often because we, we started using that here and there. And then, um, um, I think that was one of the main things that we always brought around is like, whenever there's, um, like, like fi- fictional, like restaurants or fictional things in that university, make sure to always have it pop up again because then the universe starts feeling like real yes
0: yeah, it's, it's the goodwill, good and stuff i was i always appreciate that yeah um um you said you hear uh jenny talk in your head what do you have like a voice in particular like is there like, a cast uh, or a voice actress that sort of hits
1: the no, up here? uh no i never really thought about the casting or anything like that uh too much because i always imagine um zombie Trump to be animated Oh how, yeah. You know what I mean? So um but yeah I never I never really sat and sat there and says like, you know, who's who would do her voice in a movie, you know what I mean? Because anybody, a lot of people could do
0: her voice probably, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um Well <laughs> speaking of uh like casting ideas and stuff. Halle Berry is definitely Zula, right?
1: Yes yes well that's that's the thing is that when she took holly there's there in volume two she she needed a body so she Mm -hmm. but you know um zula likes uh fortune she likes she likes riches and things like that so she needed someone rich so she happened to see um, holly berry so she took her body but um when when i was making Mm -hmm. zula i was you know, I was thinking about like like Vivica a. Fox kind of kind of body types, you know, what I mean things like that. But I, yeah, I never girlfriend
0: from Batman and Robin. I remember.
1: You know what I mean, like the, so just kind of like that. But um, yeah. I didn't because I don't like Halle Berry at all. <laughs> so 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 when I had Zula take over her body, it was just kind of like because I I didn't really you know like who cares if if her soul goes to hell. I don't. care. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was great. I thought you were going for like a Jennifer Tilly slash Tiffany angle, like the Chucky movies did. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I like that answer better. That's good.
1: Yeah. One of the things about um a lot of the 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 issues um when there there's always characters that are spoofs of real life people, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's usually uh because of what's going on in the news or whatever. Like um like that scene that scene um when when um. Zula takes Hollyberry's body. Um, There's a car accident, and and she crashes into some uh some like maid company lady and and just takes off and whatever you know. But um but that happened in real life. Yeah. You know Hollyberry Holly crashed into this lady and didn't give a shit and just bounced out. You know what I mean? And then nothing. Nobody remembers that. I'm like, dude, I, I remember that time that she basically permanently injured some lady and. <laughs> And no one cared. You know what I mean? That's jacked up. <laughs> the,
0: the other real life event I definitely see is the bath salt stuff.
1: Yeah, the bath salt thing. That was a thing. Like, um, uh, when there was that, that, that guy went crazy in Florida and bit some homeless man's face off and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, so I did that. I did the same thing kind of, but I, it took place in Detroit. Um, and then, uh, yes, it wasn't there yet. Um, yeah and then um in the very first volume the, the sheriff rudolph was uh modeled after at the time he was mayor of new york which was rudolph giuliani um and because i didn't like i was like this guy looks like a scumbag so i, I made this scumbag character named uh, sheriff rudolph which was rudolph It's <laughs> so, yeah.
0: funny you you based it off real life events with bath salts and then you kind of predicted hot girl bathwater as well which is impressive
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I just I it's I kind of I always you know when I base things kind of off of what's going on in pop culture and things like that it kind of when you you know when you read it it kind of feels a little bit more real
0: yeah yeah it flushes the place out a bit
1: yeah
0: um did you have a favorite villain that you used or adversary or what have you
1: um for zombie trap yeah, it's, it's it's still it's Zula still. Yeah, Zula yeah. like because Zula was like he she was like her mother figure, but then she became her enemy, and it was just you know, and it and it and it and it was it was just kind of cool because it was kind of like they had mutual respect for each other. Um, like no matter how much Zombie Tramp started hating Zula, like Zula st- would not stop loving her. You know what I mean? And. And, you know, when, basically when, when she died, you know, she, she tells Janie that she's glad that it was her, you know. Yeah. It was, you know, and that's just that mutual respect. I think, you know, uh, when that time comes where, where Zulu comes back, I think she'll still have that mutual respect for Janie. Yeah. It's the,
0: the, the level playing field stuff.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, you don't want the, you know, you don't want that that villain that's just like, oh, I'm a villain and I do dumb villainous shit. You know, like the best villains have a lot of like heart to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Darth Vader is like one of the greatest villains. You know what I mean? And there, but and there's there's so much heart to him. Like, like he's he's just so well fleshed out. Yeah.
0: Um. I'm also a big fan of Zombie Elvis. That's always a good one.
1: Oh, yeah, that one was fun. That was like when we were first doing the monthly
0: series. And it was yeah, cool it was like, like immediately right out the gate. You chose to go with it. Zombie Elvis.
1: <laughs> yeah. This, this, what do you want to do? I'm like, let's do zombie Elvis. Let's do it in Vegas. Um And then uh in the very beginning of that story, there was. um In the dialogue, they start talking about rumors of 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 uh, people dead people being found in mattresses and things like that and and, and at the time that was actually that actually was happening in Vegas a couple times.
0: Yeah, I remember um, hearing that too actually.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so once again I put it in my book. <laughs>
0: um during that that first monthly even before that a little bit, like you were referencing Janie's like past uh
1: uh-huh.
0: almost immediately, like way before you actually see any of it. Yeah, like, was all that sort of? Did you have sort of like a character bible?
1: Right no, now? I didn't. I didn't. Um, because when I made the first zombie tramp, I just that was it. Like that was gonna be it. Mm. You know what I mean? I was just making this book that, of things that I would like to, to to see in a book. You know what I mean? But um, but it's after it took off, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta sit down and start fleshing this character out. You know. Yeah. Um so yeah, in volume two, that's when we start seeing we start seeing some of the flashbacks of, of when she was a teenager and things like that, and we get we get more into it as time
0: went on. Yeah, she's even referencing cutting the brakes, so like, and yeah.
1: yeah. I was like re reading. I was shocked at how
0: early on that was already set in.
1: Yeah, and then we we readdress it during the prison arc. Hmm. Because it's like, yeah, because her dad basically went to jail for her. He so he basically took he took the rap for her, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy.
0: That's the other real world event I thought of just now is in the prison arc is uh, Jared from Subway.
1: Yep. Yeah. I put Jared from Subway in there. I was like, oh, man, I got to
0: put Jared from Subway in there. Um, Because he's also been in a Justice League book. So, you know what that means?
1: Oh, really? That's funny. I didn't know that. That's they funny. did a subway commercial back
0: when he was popular. They um. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that Mac was a mistake in hindsight?
1: Yeah, that's funny. It's funny when I see him like he'll pop up like in an Adam Sandler movie or something. I'm just like this this guy, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. The other sort of main character I wanted to ask about is the Kaiju Queen.
1: Oh yeah, Kaiju Queen.
0: Where, where does that sort of come from for you? Because my kaiju knowledge is not great. Like I know Mothra and Godzilla and Godzilla. That's
1: yeah, um, my
0: breaking point there.
1: I wanted to make like um like a main head kind of demon character, you know that that's, but I, I don't I don't want to do that stuff where it's like oh you know where things take place in hell and all that stuff. So I was like let's just let's just only address monsters, you know let's only address mm. you know that kind of stuff and then um. So then I was just like, you know, we need, we need like a main, main, like bad guy. And that's when I started to flesh out, uh, Zula more where like Zula, Zula actually worships, you know, like this monster, you know, that's the kaiju queen. And, and and I started calling her kaiju queen because she was just going to be this queen of monsters. And, and I just like the word kaiju. It's just a cool sounding word. So that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Um,
0: when um when Zola's sort of allegiance to the Queen's out in the open, they have that fight on the beach. Yeah. And she talks about all the time she spent with Janie growing up. Yeah. There's a there's a single panel of her fucking Janie's dad.
1: Yeah. I just yeah. wanna
0: check with the creator, the man himself, is she actually <laughs> the mum or is this like a later on thing?
1: Um yeah. I have never addressed that, but um, I could tell you that no, that um, no, that she's not, she's not um, related to Janie, um, Janie's DNA at all or anything. But um, uh, it was never addressed. Um, but I'll probably address it later on. That we've never addressed who Janie's mom was, but um, her name, her name is Tabitha. Tabitha, yeah. Yeah, Tabitha her 30%. name was. Yeah. So it's Tabitha Bell is, um, is Janie's mom. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get to it (laughs) one day, but it just has to a lot of times I I don't get to things because it hasn't, it hasn't synced into my brain yet. Like, like it'll, it'll start coming to me by itself, you know? So if it doesn't come to me right away, then I don't do a story on it. I just, you know, it eventually shows up in my brain.
0: Um, Towards, like, the end with the Kaiju Queen and all the what have yous, what was it like having, like, your own little, like, Avengers universe going on?
1: <laughs> it was a pain Just in Dollface. the ass. Is Dollface yours? Yeah, Dollface, yeah, Dollface uh, I made for the for the publisher. Mm. Um. So, so, yeah, so when I left that publisher, I had to leave Dollface behind. But, yeah, I... I i created her uh all the character designs wrote the stories all that stuff but um but yeah it was it was um it was a pain in the ass to that to do that huge crossover with all these characters Um, yeah
0: i was wondering how how that sort of comes together
1: yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad as far as writing it because um um, the guy that owns black betty um Mm -hmm. sean gabarin and the guy that owns um uh Vamp blade and stuff they were they were kind of just cool with it like with like they i just could basically write what i want and they were cool with it because like they they knew i knew their characters pretty well oh, cool. so so that was good um but it was it was the biggest letdown of that whole story arc was um black betty um she's supposed to be covered in tattoos and if you read it like the the artist didn't put her tattoos on on one of the episode on one of the issues and it was the issue where she absorbs Janie and then Janie it becomes a tattoo on her skin Yeah. and but that that whole issue Black Betty doesn't have any tattoos and I address I was I addressed this to to the publisher and I was like this they didn't fucking put her tattoos on you guys you guys got to put her tattoos on man and and they were like at their deadline, and they're they're gonna go to print. And instead of just turning it in late and getting those tattoos done, they just turned it in. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just like, God damn it, man.
0: Was there any other times that something like that happened where it was sort of too late to fix a mistake?
1: Um, probably, but I can't remember.
0: Uh, um, one of my favorite ones that I've ever seen is in um the Betty Page comic. Betty Page comment. Yeah, she's she has like the spy book under dynamite, and um, she's oh, okay. they're, they're driving down like a boulevard. It might even be like Times Square or something. And all the signs are just written in grey lead, like Coca Cola or like Broadway. <laughs> it's just it hasn't been like made.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: But I love that. I think I think Batman did that once too. Wayne Enterprises is just written in chalk. <laughs> It's funny. Um, A lot of the signs, actually speaking of in Zombie Tramp, I I liked, um, like in my reread, I caught like Kubrick High, Carpenter Middle School, and Romero Hospital. Does that come from you or the
1: artist? That's, that all came from me. I always, I always want to homage like, um, like horror, uh, writers and directors and things like that, you know. Um, Kubrick's one of my favorites. Kubrick and John Carpenter are like my faves.
0: Were they your first? Were they what? Were they like your first sort of horror? Uh, um,
1: things? I don't know. I, I don't. I have no idea. But yeah, I, when I was growing up, I think one of the very first cr- crazy movies I saw when I was young was The Shining, and you know, The Exorcist, and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, like um, but yeah, like you know, then you go on to start watching, you know, like Christine and. And uh, Halloween and stuff like that, and then you're just like, oh, this guy's John Carpenter. This guy's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um. What was it like, um, sort of killing off Janie Um. As, as far as the like original ending went.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, when I did that, I, I, I kind of knew that I was gonna be leaving. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I wanted.
1: Yeah, I, kind of, I knew that I was going to be leaving, um, and so I, I really wanted to finish off the story. Um, you know, so so no matter what happens, you know, if I get the rights back to the character, or if I don't, Janie will be safe. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I, the best way to end off Janie's story was to give finally give her a happy ending. You know, um, make her live. You know, and and all this other stuff. So that's so that's what I did. I did the whole you know, happy ending. Uh, she gets to be human again. Uh, You know, she walks off into the sunset, you know, just
0: like that whole thing. Was that something you were happy with? Cause I couldn't have noticed in the Kickstarter that it changed very abruptly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, I was fine with it. Um, but I, I knew, I knew exactly how it would continue. Like, you know what I mean? As soon as I finished writing it, I already knew how it would, it would continue. You know what I mean, but it, I just left it, you know, left it alone uh, while I was uh, 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 doing my whole like lawsuit thing. So
0: well, I don't know how much of that you're allowed to go into, but I was eh, not, too much. Scene <laughs> not too much. Not too much. I can't imagine. There was a post you made of like a U-Hole trailer just full of the Janie Bell statues.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: what, what what was the guy there? Did that just like rock up in your front yard one day?
1: Yeah. Uh, um. I I have I got possession of all the zombie trap statues. So one day they 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 showed up in three shipments, like in my driveway, man. And then so I was just like all right. So we um you know we uh we moved them to you know I I, I had a little a small warehouse made. Um, to do our, all of our shipping and packing and shipping for our Kickstarters and stuff. So, so yeah, we, we, we grabbed all those statues and we put them on pallets and, and moved them to the warehouse. And yeah, man, we got like, I think we got like, we still have like four pallets of the statues. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: there you go. Yeah. I was surprised that, um, that Jenny even had a statue produced
1: yeah that one that was the coolest thing ever like it was because i was i was constantly just working you know with my day job and then coming home working on comic books and just constantly never basically never stopping to take a breath i was just making stuff because i was i was fighting so hard to have a comic book career so i can quit my day job so i was constantly just 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 doing that that was my goal so i was working endlessly and then i i was you know uh, things were going good with my book and the in the publisher so i was like i was like i really want a statue made and um and then they they uh they agreed to do one and it was it was really cool to um it, the first time i saw the statue was at san diego comic-con um i had just finished working my shift at work and then i was i had i took a couple days off so i go to san diego comic-con And, uh, so I go, I go to my my hotel room before I go to the show and inside the hotel room, the, the company left a statue right there on on the table. And, uh, it was just, it was just awesome, man. Like I actually stopped and sat down and looked at it. And and I, I, I think that's the first time I realized that I haven't, I haven't stopped working like for years, like just going endlessly trying to, trying to get to a goal and, and to see a statue being made of my character, I thought that was that was really like I felt so accomplished, you know. And yeah, I'm actually that's actually
0: definitely a you've made yeah it a moment.
1: yeah I actually sat down and took a breath, man. It was crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I but now I in the middle of <laughs> nowhere Queensland, so I'm pretty isolated. And, okay, i am um, yeah. I've, I've been up in the states, and I was in Anaheim and just in a comic store. And I'm walking Mm -hmm. along. And, like, I double take, like, a cartoon character. And I bought that statue. That's... I didn't know Zombie Tramp had one, either. Oh. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. That's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. What store What Do you remember what
0: store it was? I couldn't tell you the name. It was somewhere near the Disney theme park.
1: Yeah. Because I used to live around there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. So my new goal right now is for the zombie trap action figure. So I I think I'll be getting that in the works next year. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be fun.
0: Well, what are the accessories like off the top of your head? What does it need?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but definitely uh, definitely like maybe three different faces, face expressions. Um, you know, I I want the top to come off. You know. Uh, things like that. You know, she has to come with her Necronomicon book and, oh, you know, little things like that. You know, that'd be cool.
0: Well, what's your favorite Necronomicon in pop culture?
1: Uh, uh, Evil Dead, of course, man. Sam Raimi is one of my faves, man. Like the way his, I like how, um, I like his movies, like how he does his camera shots. Uh, his oh, camera yeah, shots are really awesome. I like how he does these quick, these really quick camera shots where, where if something's gonna blow up, and right before it blows up, they show like a, a two less than two second shot of the person's face, and then it goes and does the blow up, you know, and things like that. So he does these really kind of comedic, uh, quick little shots on things, and I and I always think about that when I when I draw my panels.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the Evil Dead ones are usually the correct answer. I normally go with yours. Because it doesn't backfire as bad as the
1: Evil Dead one does. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, there's um, um there's a huge story in this uh issue that I just wrote, there's a huge the whole ep, the almost the whole issue uh, addresses um the Necronomicon and basically things about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get more depth to how that how the whole book works and stuff like that and and uh we're gonna we're probably going to change the name of it where it's not actually called the Necronomicon. Like, we'll we'll give it another name.
0: Okay. Um. One thing I really like about it is the language on it. Oh, yeah. I was a big sucker for, like, trying to translate Alien in when I was watching Future Armor as a kid.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> so
0: I usually will, like, stop and try to figure out what spells are being said. That's funny. Like, oh, I'm a sucker for that. It gets me every time.
1: Yeah. Did you get the the decoder card?
0: I do, but at the minute I don't know where it is, so I have to do it manually <laughs>
1: <That's> it. again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of the things is that 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 language is something that I wrote when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's an it's an alphabet I made when I was a kid. Um. So I, I I always used it here and there, and then uh, then then when when zombie Champ when her books needed, uh, needed spells to be cast, I was like, well, I'm gonna use that old alphabet that I made when I was a kid, you know. So. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it got me good too in that recent, in, in issue two of the Kickstarter stuff. Cause at one point she doesn't remember a spell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's, like if you had the decoder card, you could see as she spells, she says it wrong. Like it, no, it's misspelled. a I
0: looked at it for like an hour trying to work out what I was yeah. doing wrong.
1: Yeah, it's, oh, uh, it yeah.
0: So
1: yeah, she spells it wrong when she says it, so it's just, uh.
0: Yeah, even I fell for that one. I was trying to work out what it said.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's, she's rusty. <laughs> yeah, awesome.
0: Um, well, you've sort of touched on it, but, um, what's the, what's the future hold? Not just for Janie, but for all of the still ill stuff.
1: Um, all. The next move is because uh, we're slowly starting, as we get more books done, to um, put them together and to trade paperbacks. Hmm. Um, so the the next step is to actually take those trade paperbacks and actually try to start getting them in, into stores.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so... so have, um,
0: have, what is it called? Tales,
1: Tales of Ill. Oh, the Tales of Ill book? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're going to start working on uh, Tales of Ill volume two also. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so we'll have all the trades because my idea was to never, never put single issues in a in a comic book store. Um, that's just for Kickstarter, and yeah. uh, and then then we'll we'll you know every time we get a nice story arc, we'll we'll make it into a trade, and then and then we'll get that, you know, where people where stores can order it through their catalog and stuff like that. So. Okay. Yeah, cool. Nice.
0: Well. I'm pretty much through all my notes, I think. I think we we'll <laughs> okay.
1: everything.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was I wasn't sure what to do, so I kind of <laughs> Yeah. But no, this is this is being really cool actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for uh Yeah, I think your friend hit me up or something and I was like uh she was like, Can I get a couple of quotes of how you created Janie Bell and stuff and and I was like, oh, I, I could just do the show. <laughs> yeah, that, that oh, was yeah. when it hit
0: me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, okay. I gotta <laughs> how to do this. That was funny. But no, it's been good. Um, thanks for this.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know how to close this. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it's, it's awesome. It's awesome listening to someone who reads the books. Um there's always that thing where we we don't even know if people read the books. We we just like are they just you know, we're always like are they just um they just buy the covers to collect the covers, you know what I mean? So it's always okay. fun uh listening to someone actually ask me about the stories.
0: Yeah. Well well now the way towards the end I can embarrass myself a little bit. Um I'm a massive fan. I have some original cover art. I have a commission. I had you do Frankenhooker for me once.
1: Oh, shit, I don't even remember ever drawing that.
0: <laughs> it was a few years ago, yeah, but I've still got it.
1: Wow, um, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I'm a massive fan, so this has been great. That's
1: awesome, man. <laughs> that's cool, man.
0: Yeah. I didn't want to sound like too much of a kiss-ass or anything, but there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man.
0: All right, man. Well, too easy. Thanks for that. Um. Yeah. And I will, I will no doubt be hearing from you when that next Kickstarter starts up, I suppose. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'm going to start promoting because, um, the, the zombie Trump 57 books are all printed. So I, I picked up, I picked up almost all the books today and then, uh, I didn't have enough room in my SUV. So I got to go and get the rest tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll be going to do an update showing that we have all the books and we're going to start packing them and sending them out. And then right after that, I'm going to start, I'm going to start promoting, um, Zombie Trap 58.
0: So. Cool. So, so all the Kickstarter stuff's going pretty well then,
1: eh? Oh yeah, it's going really good. So, oh, nice. um, our tech guy who, um, who he just likes to do stats and stuff. And he was like, Hey, did, did you know that out of the, the 238,000, uh, comic books that yeah. were made on Kickstarter, um, uh, one of your books was, was number 18 as the highest grossing book. And I was like, Oh, yeah. shit, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah.
0: yeah I'm, I'm glad the fan base is growing.
1: Yeah. I want the fan base to grow. I want people to realize that um, not every comic book is at their local shop. Like, there's other places to get books and to not be afraid, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I suppose I'll wrap this up, Right. Eh? Thanks for sure, having on Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, and there you have it. I am back with uh, producer Kyra again. Yay, double periods. You're in, you're out, you're in again. Um, yeah, just to wrap up, another huge thanks to Dan for coming on and taking the time to talk to weird losers from Australia. <laughs> um, and please support him. I'm sure there'll be another Kickstarter starting very soon. There's always one coming. And, um yeah. I'm not gonna to ask to rate, review, and subscribe to this. It's more important that you, uh, follow him on Instagram, I guess. It's like how you rate, review, and subscribe to just Dan Mendoza. Just follow, just follow the socials, do all that stuff. I'm, you, you if you came from there though, hi. And, uh, bye. So, thank you for listening. I've been your host, over Paula. I, I was just editing. Well, I appreciate that. So, <laughs> thank you. And, um, maybe we will see you in the next one. Class dismissed.